Welcome to the Elite Formula Physio and Training Podcast with me, Bradley Skeynes. And me, Matthew Murray-Downing. This podcast is all things Formula One and sports performance, fitness, health, and injury. We will be discussing the physical and mental components of Formula One, the drivers, and every circuit race by race as the season goes on, broken up with insight and knowledge in how to train, recover, and rehab like an elite level athlete. And we'll even bring along some special guests for the ride. For more information, you can find us at Elite Formula PT on socials. Hi, and welcome back to the Elite Formula Physio and Training Podcast. We have made it back from Australia. A very successful weekend again, Brad. Yes, yeah, we've uh, we made a, a good start to the season, strong start. And yeah, hopefully long may it continue, but uh, we know that the season is is long, there's lots of races left and anything can happen in the the next sort of seven, eight months. So I think we saw that last year, didn't we, where we were very far behind at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a great start, but as we know, yeah, it can never kind of rest on uh, the kind of relaxation that you're, you're in a good league because everything can change, especially as we know with a kind of big break now, teams come back after the, that break, a few changes and things can very quickly turn around. Yeah, absolutely. I think I saw a stat about how last year, obviously, we DNF twice in, in the first three races and, and got X amount of points. And then somebody else on the grid has done exactly the same this year. And it's like, wow, yeah, that could, could happen again. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's very easy to rule people out. But yeah, big season, long season to go, 20 races still. It's, yeah, all to play for. Yeah, head down and uh, and that. But what a crazy race it was. Absolutely. Yeah, I said it's the first, first time that I see it was in so many years since we've had three red flags in one race so i think yeah pretty unheard of yeah yeah i don't know how many did we have in saudi in 21 there was quite a few then weren't yeah that's a good point yeah because you had the mazpan accident didn't you into the back and yeah so yeah uh i can't think off the top of my head yeah i feel like that was free as well i feel like i was very busy that day (laughs) (laughs) and we'll get into that we'll have a little chat because obviously there's uh red flags and, and probably not a lot of many people know what actually goes on um, in terms of red flags and, and especially in terms of the role that a performance coach has to play which actually is relatively important given it's all about driver's kit and, and stuff there but yeah do you want to just uh you know run down the race any any comments from the race yeah, yourself and it's obviously an interesting one so obviously a red flag as people have to think about is is when we've got a driver or an athlete and we've kind of got a red flag scenario is firstly we've spent the last well they've been in that zone of kind of arousal during the race where we want them to be and obviously fired up for the race and we've now got a period of time that's relatively indefinite we don't know exactly how long that period of time is going to be we'll often get a rough idea from kind of race control about how long before things might roughly be back on the on the ground but you know we've got an indefinite amount of time where drivers may stay in the car get out of the car and you know again everyone has their different routines and it's something i guess as performance coaches we have to prepare for is that mm. unexpected scenario of what is our routine amongst what is generally a lot of chaos um, and again often there'll be some strategic decisions made by the teams around tire changes and things like that during red flags i guess our role as we come in there is to to take the driver away from those decisions settle them down and again tr- i guess try and decide where we want them in terms of arousal. Mm. Each driver's different. You know, it's, it's just you know, the telly focus on it. I don't think which, which race it was now this season, again, focus on the different approaches and different drivers. You'll mm. see some sitting down with music on, you'll see others having a chat between between drivers. And I guess yeah, yeah. figuring out what works for your individual scenario is is is, is always key. I guess mm. for us as performance coaches, it's an opportunity to hydrate, 
get some fluids on board. Again, some cooling strategies might be implemented mm. here, getting them out of the car. We've got an opportunity to try and kind of manage that a little bit better before we get them back in the car if they've decided to come out. Uh, and again, yeah, thinking about, you know, getting them again, refired up for the car. So we may do again some similar drills to what we did pre-race and all just kind of get them ready for what might be another grid start or, yep. or following out the safety car. Yeah, it, it's super interesting because again, you're very much time dependent on on this this side of things. So we essentially, we get a 10 minute warning um, for drivers to get back in, in the car. Um, but realistically, that's not enough because 10 minutes is when they get into the car. So 10 minutes prior to the race, drivers get in the car. So that means like 11, 12 minutes to go, they're kitting up. So with a red flag scenario, you've got 10 minutes, they start kitting up at 10 minutes. So then you've only got like eight and a half, eight minutes to get them in the car which takes a couple of minutes itself and then, you know, off they go. So, so actually, you know, in a red flag scenario in Formula One, I, you don't really get a lot of time to think, okay, we need to warm up again because it, they don't come and say, okay, we're going to restart in 15 minutes or 20 minutes. It's here's your 10 minute warning. Because again, I guess race control don't really know either. Cause it's all dependent on how long it takes to clear up the track or clear up the crash or, or anything like that. I think the only time that we did have an opportunity to warm up again was 2020 in, uh, in Saka when, uh, Grosjean had his terrible yeah. crash and we had a, you know, okay, race is going to restart at this time. And I think we had like 40 minutes or something like that before that, that time was even going to come around. So we pretty much went red for, went through our whole pre-race routine again. But yeah, a normal red flag, you get your 10 minute warning and, and, and you could be off. And I think one of them this time around was super quick. So, you, you know, it was a quick chat with the engineers, quick bit of hydration, and then we got 10 minute warning to, to go back in the car. So, so yeah, it's, it's very interesting in terms of you then kind of just have to hope you, you either do a little bit of warm up and a little bit of prep straight away, just to kind of refocus and re reflip the switch. But again, then they need to have a little little debrief with the engineers to kind of plan what's happening next. So you, you got to weigh that up because the likelihood is it's not going to be that period of a long period of time before they get back in the car or you hope that, you know, the warm up lap and the adrenaline from actually what's going on is enough given that they've just come from being in the race situation. Yes, it's a good time to get a bit of extra hydration in, particularly if it's a warm race and for sure a bit of cooling as well. Didn't really need that in Australia. It was it was cool enough, but I remember Saudi in twenty twenty one. It was scorching hot, so mm. humid, and actually, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure there's three red flags. We we'll have to check that one. <laughs> but we couldn't get enough cooling going. We couldn't get enough fluid in. You know, cold towels, ice packs, everything. Cause it yeah. was so hot and so humid, and obviously the um, the jeopardy of the race being two races from the end and the, the world championship on, on the line as well was huge too. So that, that was, yeah. a, that was a big factor that, that played a part, but yeah, no, it, it's interesting scenario for everyone. Yeah. It was interesting you mentioned obviously the aroused thing as well. I think the, the adrenaline of the scenarios was an interesting one to, to bear in mind with the drivers. I mean, just thinking of this weekend, I guess from your guys perspective, you know, it was a controlling race, which is always kind of a nice position to come in on a red flag, but. Mercedes would have been a great example looking at George Russell at the weekend and thinking actually that he'd just pitted. Mm -hmm. Then it was a red flag thinking that's a bad, so you could see the frustration actually in that scenario. I guess our role there is to kind of actually 
draw a line under said events, mm. get their head back in the game and kind of say, look, yeah. we're focusing on the next part of this of this race. And, you know, we've got an opportunity, everyone's bunched up again yep. uh, and to make the most of that scenario. But yeah, it's always interesting when we get a red flag, you say, because it's often a lot of chaos. Yeah. Um, and as you say, just got to be prepared for every scenario. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I whenever I talk about high performance or this sort of stuff, you know, I always talk about the the very best in whatever sport you see will always come down and always perform in the chaos. They have that flexibility and that adaptability to to perform in the chaos. And I think we saw it on on the the second restart. You know, Max's restart was phenomenal. And you know, that's after he was leading the race by 11, 12 seconds. So you, you can kind of see how, you know, he might be disappointed that he's lost that bit of lead, but actually turned up and had a had an amazing start. And I think Formula One is a great example of this. And, and we've also got a good example from one of our other athletes, Max Whitlock, which we'll touch on in terms of just performing in the chaos and having that flexibility and adaptability. Formula One is a great example because you prepare all weekend, you kit up, you warm up, you have your chats with the engineers, you go out into the car, do your warm-up lap, and then you're in that grid situation where there's fans and media and, you know, you're talking to your engineers and then you're being interviewed by Sky and then a fan's trying to grab you for a picture all before you get in the car. <laughs> and it's like, well, hang on a minute, you know, the first week post, you know, what's going to happen now? And that could even throw somebody. Yeah. I think you're right. I think also, I think it was the way that the calendar's changing now as well is, more city tracks are being added. We're probably going to see more red flags during races. So it's probably going to be a scenario that we're that we're seeing a lot mm. more of. And, and, and I guess the beauty we've got with F1 is that the drivers are very experienced. They've had this, you know, a long, generally for most of them, a fairly long career in motorsport. And actually, mm. you know, they are well rehearsed in this. It's just, as you say, creating those routines and habits that give them comfort in that moment of chaos, getting back on track. Yeah. Yeah, so that other moment of chaos we mentioned there. So both of us have the pleasure of working with with Max in gymnastics and and through what will be a couple of Olympic cycles now, and I always remember the the story he tells about his world championship when he was in the in the tunnel about to go out. He was last up, and uh, in gymnastics you get scored for your difficulty of the routine and then also the execution of the routine. And you know he's thirty seconds before he's going out, and and Scott his coach turned to him and, and said. Actually, the routine we're going to go out and perform isn't enough for the goal. And there and then, with 30 seconds to go, he changed his routine and gone out and got gold. And that, you know, talk about performing in the chaos. I mean, that's kind yeah. of one, one pressure. And that's what the very best do. They're able to, to be flexible and adaptable in that moment and still come out of the other side with no change to the level of performance that, that they would have. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting. You're right. The only thing it comes back to is experience, isn't it? We look at like the athletes we work with in the past, and you, you kind of, yeah, guess some of them have those qualities young on, but they're typically skills that they've developed mm. over a long time and didn't put into these tough scenarios and come out the other side of them. Sometimes with good results, sometimes bad, and learn from them. But yeah, I mean, Max, that's another great example of a scenario where yeah, you know, so much pressure on that scenario, but actually just take a deep breath and go, yeah, let's go for it, and, and yeah. yeah came off and he won gold but yeah unbelievable yeah. so many scenarios we did pull out yeah yeah you think changing something like that to to somebody else who hasn't got that mindset mentality throw them completely off so but yeah so performance coaches play a, a big role within uh within a red flag and can obviously help to to contribute to 
that performance with, with within the chaos and um it, it is quite an important role because during a red flag in formula one it's important that uh, well necessity that some of the driver's kit is changed and important that other bits of the driver's kit is changed so there should always be a helmet swap because of the the lens and the fogging up of the actual visor itself so that's important and then other things that drivers tend to want to swap to like gloves and balaclavas because obviously they got sweaty and and so on and so forth so making sure that that's all in place to be changed and if you've got changing conditions like in australia we had the sun coming down very low visibility was very poor so that might mean we need a change of visor or there might need to be like a bigger strip to, to block the sun out or you know there might be some change in weather conditions and again you've got to be ready with that visor and be able to change that within half a minute yeah absolutely <laughs> And do you go for a visor change or do you go for a full helmet change with visor already on it? So helmet, it should always be a full helmet change yeah. during a red flag. Yeah. You can obviously, you know, if a red flag happens earlier on in the race and you've got one later on in the race, you can dry the one, have a visor change whilst the race is going on and, and use the same helmet. You don't need, you know, five red flags and five different helmets. It's, it's about rotating them and, and, and making sure they're kind of prepped and ready to go again, should it, should it happen again. But yeah, so we always go for a full helmet change, full balaclava change. Obviously, check the mics and stuff are all all working fine. Glove change. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're they're the bits we change. Yeah, similar to us. To be fair, it's just actually someone asked me this week. Actually, was there much difference between kind of that F one, F two, F three, I guess as well scenario, which is for me actually the scenario they're not that different at all. I think the only thing to consider with us is that the as we said before. Our, pit lane isn't the F1 pit lane, although we're working from the F1 pit lane. So again, making sure that your preps, your bag's got absolutely everything in it ready to go. I guess probably similar to you guys that your red flags are in the pit lane rather than necessarily in your pit yeah. boxes. I guess if you've got time to go back to the to the garage. You could be a long way from your garage. There's been occasions where I'm legging it back and forth. Monaco being one, we were yeah. a long way away and I was having to run run back and forth quite a lot. So. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's something we certainly have to consider is also making sure the kits are nice and ready to go. Because yeah, uh, we've got yeah. A great example would be Saudi. We had a couple of reds, same as you guys last mm -hmm. year. The pit lane is so far away; you've got no chance of getting back. So it's just got to be on you, um, yeah. ready to go. But yeah, similar to yourselves, yeah, balaclava change um, always. Definitely an undergarment as well, and just trying to keep everything dry and, and as cool as we can. Yeah, especially in the hotter climates. Yeah, undergarment changes are a big point in, in again the hot races where you know, I've sweated a lot and, and stuff there. So yeah, no, it's definitely. Um, Definitely chaotic. Absolutely. <laughs> I guess it's one of those areas where well, I think the public probably see a little bit less of because you're right, the cameras are generally, yeah, there's a bit of focus on the pit lane. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, so exactly. it's kind Not of with you running around. Yeah, <laughs> looking stretched. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think there's a good good clip of me running and, and landing in some puddles or something uh, during the Monaco on when it was rained off. We had a red flag because of rain and uh, yeah, I think Max had nicely. Yeah. Uh, dodged the puddle and I went straight through it because <laughs> I was focused on what I need to get. But um, but yeah, and also always know where the closest toilet is because yes. you yeah. might need to dive into somebody else's garage to use the toilet, which has often been the case for, for many drivers. If your car is close to close to somebody else's garage and yours is yours is too far away. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's always, it's always those ones that have caught me out in the past and I look at any red flag and think, where's it all gone wrong? And it's always generally those, you're right, those unexpected scenarios where you think we need to deal with this problem now. Like, you know, what is your strategy to kind of deal with it? Yeah. Um, you know, whether that's random bits of kit, broken helmets, yeah, like communications issues or whatever. Or it just needing to get to the toilet. Or to get to the toilet. <laughs> yeah. And thinking, why the hell we do this? <laughs> too many fans and too many cameras around. Yeah, that's why I'm lying the ground. 
Ah, oh, dear. And that's, uh, that's probably a good time to start yeah. wrapping up. The- <laughs> that's, 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 that's. But no, you know, we're, we're going to keep it short and sweet today anyway. So, it's Easter weekend and uh, I hope everyone had a, a lovely Easter. We got, um, we've got three weekends off of racing. Three weekends now. off of racing now. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, it's been nice to have been a couple of days at home this week and back out to Monaco for the two weeks for kind of almost like a mini camp, mini extension of pre-season really for, for us, which is, again, it's a nice period of time just to make sure we're prepped and ready for some more of the, the difficult races to come. We've got back to Miami, back to back, which will, you know, both hot races, both street circuits, you know, they're, 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 they're two tough ones on, on the drivers. Yeah, absolutely. As you say, two big races to film. So I think, yeah, it's nice to have that gap, bit of prepping, get the drums ready and then, yeah. Lots to talk about in the next episodes. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so we've got a couple of a couple of um, uh, non-race weekends now. So we'll we'll tilt a little more into some, you know, a bit more general physio advice, training advice. I think maybe if we, you know, take a look at the lower back, take a look at the neck. I think that'd be nice for for people to hear about. And uh, yeah, go from there. And and, and you know, if there's uh, if you guys want to hear anything else from us, then then do drop us a message on you know on our socials at Elite Formula PT. Or I'm sure you, you know you can reach out to both of us individually as well. But yeah, thanks, uh, thanks very much for for listening. And yeah, Matt, have a good Easter weekend. Thank you too. Yeah, and everyone listening, have a great Easter break. Yeah, perfect. And uh, yeah, if uh, if you enjoyed the episode, have uh, enjoyed the podcast so far, please follow, subscribe, like. Um, it all helps us. Perfect. We'll see you on the next one. See you soon. Thanks, guys. You have been listening to the Elite Formula PT podcast with Bradley Skeynes and Matthew Murray-Downing. You can follow us on socials at Elite Formula PT or sign up on the app at EliteFormulaPT.com. Please follow, subscribe, and if you enjoyed the podcast, why not leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. Be sure to tune in for the next episode and thank you for listening.